Hi, everyone. Welcome to the I Dare You podcast. This podcast is all about you and helping you reach the big goals you have in your life. And what next steps do you need to take to get there? I'm your host, Darren Johnson, and welcome to episode 33. Before we go any further, please do follow us on Instagram at I Dare You Pod. There you'll find behind the scenes uh, interviews and content you won't find anywhere else. Also, follow me on Instagram at Darren Johnson1. Drop me a note, drop me a message, let me know how you're liking these episodes especially this one. Here in episode 33, we're joined by Dante Bow, And many of you know Dante. For those who do not, get ready. He is a five-time Grammy-nominated and platinum-selling songwriter and recording artist. He's from North Carolina, but now lives in Nashville, Tennessee. All those Grammy nominations earned him a Grammy Award. And so congratulations to Dante on Now, his song, Joyful, earned him his very first Dove Award last year, and this year he has been nominated for six Dove Awards. Now, he was also the very first artist to have his song chart on both the Billboard's Gospel Airplay and Christian Song Charts, bridging that gap between gospel and contemporary Christian music formats. Now, Dante is also part of and does writing with the Atlanta-based Maverick City Music Collective and was responsible for writing the group's biggest hit to date, Promises. Over 20 million streams so far. I think we should talk to him right now. Let's not wait any longer. Welcome to episode 33. I'm glad you're here. Get ready right now for Dante Bo. Uh, Dante, welcome to the podcast. It is so good to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. So, Dante, um, what a year you've had. You just won a Grammy. Let's start there. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's crazy. I know. It's like, I thought it would happen later on in my career, but I'm grateful that it's happened so early. (laughs) I was watching a red carpet interview of you. You looked fantastic, by the way. Uh, Fantastic uh, clothes you had on there and you looked wonderful. And one of the, one of the, one of the questions was uh, from the person asking, asking you, they, they were saying, Hey, did you ever think you'd be standing here uh, winning a Grammy? And you, without hesitation, you said, yeah, ever since I was a kid, right? <laughs> yes, sir. So t- take us back to when you were growing up. When did this, this passion for music and writing and how did all this begin? Yeah, I mean, and, to, you know, when I say yes, it's because we all have these like short-term, long-term goals, right? It's like yeah. if, if you're doing music, like a lot of people felt like it was an arrogant um, response, but it's like, if you're doing music, if you're a lawyer, if you're in school to be a lawyer, if you're in school to be a doctor, the actual, you know, the goal is to be good at it. And then <laughs> maybe one day you win a Grammy. So I always thought, <laughs> okay, like I always felt like I was a pretty good musician. And so I always dreamt of winning a Grammy. So when she asked me that, I was like, yeah, I actually did. I mean, I thought about it a lot. And so, um, yeah, like my, my passion for music just came in, I think, ultimately through my family because my uncle sang, my aunt sang. Like the first solo I learned, it was um, it was a spiritual hymn. It was like, I can't think of the actual name of it right now, but His Eyes on a Sparrow. It was like an old oh. song. And, oh, um, love that. And my, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and my aunt actually taught me the song because I used to like mumble the lyrics. And I didn't know them really well. And so she actually taught me the song when she was like the singer at the time in my family. I mean, people, people used to come to hear my aunt sing a lot. And so, um, yeah, I think that started my passion, just my family, them teaching me songs, me listening to them sing. And um, 
and pretty much ultimately making it my own because I, I had a unique style, unique voice, and I was from a different generation. So I just took what they taught me and created whatever this is. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Thank you. Know, thank you. Thank you. Know, so you, um, for, the, for the Grammys, right, you were nominated for five Grammys, three solo, two group Grammys, and you, you really set the bar really high. You were the first artist to have the greatest number of simultaneous Grammy nominations for gospel and also the Christian genres. So what, what a path. You, am, am I right on that? That's exactly what? Yeah, and we found out afterwards that it, we looked it up and it was six nominations. So oh. three group. I know. Okay. Thanks I'm for like, correcting me. That's a big deal. God, I don't need more. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> All right, so you brought up this this uh, this background. When did it really start clicking for you? Um, I mean, for all of us, we have successes and setbacks. So take us take us uh, a little bit forward, then, and and when did it really start picking up speed for you? And what were some of the setbacks you faced? You know, it's like my parents are so active, and so they, like when I would have a dream, it could be I want to play soccer. I'll come home tell my mom I want to play soccer so she'd go and get the outfit she'll have a little practice course at the house and then she would sign me up and it would be just a very active parent you know what I mean pretty much all of our lives and um and um she would just take it the extra mile so I remember coming home saying I wanted to sing and um she pretty much got me in the studio her and my dad and I was recording in the studio a lot. And that's when I really knew like, oh, I like this. I think I like creating music because I could come home with a song and then my family could listen to it. Nice. And um, and it started picking up. I mean, as soon as I told my parents I wanted to sing. So right. I was in vocal, I was in vocal lessons and I was, uh, my mom would take me to concerts because she wanted me to see other performers. And um, I was singing solos in church all the time. It was like, local level busyness and um it, but it, it trained me for a lot and i'm singing background vocals and doing all kind of stuff just in my town in my city and, and surrounding areas and um it led me to traveling with a singer eddie james and, uh, and i sang background for him for like six years hmm. and it was a good time and do you think about your success uh dante is that it's it's happened is it happened quickly is that how you think about it and you describe it to others? Just all of a sudden, here you are? Or do you look at it the other way saying, the, this is the end result of a lot of hours of hard work? Well, what's your mindset now as you look at things? Yeah, I mean, it's, I've been doing it for a very long time. But when I released my album, it happened really fast. So I like, you know what I mean? Like usually when you release an album, you know, it could, your first album could be, not even considered for anything, any awards, you know, cause it's just your first album. And, and I'm not bummed out if that would have happened. So I expected that. So when the first album came out, the circles came out and it was just successful. Yeah, that was. was, yeah, that was pretty mind blowing. And I think that was fast. You, you like, talked about your mom bringing you to concerts and who had, who have been some of your musical influences if you look, as you look back on it. She didn't really even take me to the concerts of people that I, <laughs> <laughs> I admire. I mean, some, some, but, um, but my musical influences are broad. I mean, I love Aretha Franklin and uh, the, the Supremes and like that nice. whole, that whole Motown. Cause I had like a raspy soulful voice too. And that's not, you know, that's new for this genre. It's new for Christian music. So I, I mean, I took a lot of influences from like the soul era when Motown was like 
at its peak and, and my mom would play all the old songs around yeah. the house stuff like that and um also like a lot of i have a lot of gospel influences you know that that like that pretty much shaped my sound and things like that and the people that's in my genre too some people that are my peers i mean i knew them when i was younger and we none of us had anything but we would see our little videos here at this local church or that local church and yeah. you know we would inspire each other and so um yeah a lot of it came from i think motown you know you can hear it boy you when you sing you can hear it i love that <laughs> it's so good thank you i feel like i was I feel like i was born in the wrong era <laughs> Maybe I should have been born like in the like 80s. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, Christianity is a faith, you know, and then somebody's along the way made it a genre, like where it's like actually a music style. But I'm like, technically it's not a music style. It's it's a faith. And so our message is is, we we communicate, you know, from from our place of faith. But the music could be rock. The music could be, you know, pop or or r&b or whatever soul but the message can be faith you know what i mean so i can i i see myself as more like a soul artist or like more like r&b tones and and uh and i mix it with my faith (laughs) yeah it's just a treat to listen to it so you mentioned your album circles that came out what march of 2021 am i close on that dante Yeah. yeah yes sir and joyful is one of the one of the fantastic tracks on that on that release. And w- the the words, the lyrics in that for those who have not heard it yet, go to iTunes, Spotify, uh, yeah. check out check out Dante Bo on that. But look, listen, the lyrics on joyful. I got to know a little bit more about this. Here's here's a here's one of the main lyrics. This is the day that the Lord has made, and I ain't gonna let it slip away. I'm gonna be joyful. Okay, so where were you when you're writing that? Were you sitting there on the beach? Life was perfect. You were just, <laughs> everything was just running fast for you. What was going on? Because the lyrics are powerful and simple. Yeah, I, um, okay, so I worked on this album. My grandfather's my hero. <laughs> <laughs> He's opening a soda. <laughs> so, um, I was working on um, this record, and I finished it. It was great. It was a great album. And then um, my grandfather passed away. Oh, no. Yeah. And it was, you know, 2020 COVID. And just it was everyone was scared. Everyone was going through a lot. And so um, it was it was pretty horrifying. So I threw the album away because I had a very, you know, cool album, but it didn't mean anything anymore because the world was going through something else very traumatic you know and so I started working on Circles this album that came out in March and um it was a very somber like usually in the studio it's like all creative and was like dancing moving and but it was very like still and like more like we were in solitude a little bit like everyone was you know people weren't working right the producers People like uh, the singers weren't traveling, so they weren't making, you know, money for their families and so on and so forth. You know, it was, it was just pretty scary time. And I worked on a lot of songs. Most of them were sad. And then the, the before we released the album, I went back to Ben Stockville House, who produced Joyful. And uh, we sat and we're like, let's do something happy, you know. It's not even that we felt happy, you know. It was almost <laughs> like we made a decision. It was like a conscious decision to do something more celebratory. And he started playing that. Bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, bum. 
And um, yeah, we wanted to write a message about joy and just saying like how it's a choice and, and you know, happiness comes and goes, you know, it's, it's about how somebody makes you feel, but joy is just a choice. It's like, I don't have everything I want. I have what I need, you know, I, you know, I'm in health. So it's like, these are the things that bring joy. And also we know that the end is that we get to spend our lives with God. And it's, and it's like, that's the ultimate, you know, joy that we're set upon. It's like, this is not the end. So even if it's bad, even if we feel like we're going through hell, even it's not the end, it's never the end, you know? And so we, we, get, well, we put those lyrics in there, you know, this is the day that the Lord has made and I ain't gonna let it slip away. I'm gonna enjoy it. I have a choice today. So yeah, <laughs> powerful, powerful, and again, you can you can download that, but it definitely sets the mood. I mean, I had it cranked up in the house last night. It sets the mood for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. All right, so Dante, you're doing a lot of different things. Um, I've I've when I go to your website, you're the first artist I've seen that has actually the you know measurements of your chest measurements, shoe size. I know you're 13. I know your chest size is 42. And I know you're into fashion here. So you were at Fashion Week. Tell me a little bit more about how, how this is now fitting into your work and your passion and what are you up to? I got to know. Yeah, like fashion has always been a thing. My dad was super fashionable. My mom were, was too. Not was, they still are. But, but, but when I was younger, my dad would have, he wanted all of his shirts clean and like pressed and like kind of like your shirt and your tie right now. Like that? It was just, yeah, like he always wanted to be like dressed well. And I noticed that as a kid, you know, and I noticed that my mom would, (laughs) (laughs) but like we would get dressed for school, right? We'd get up and we would shower the night before we'd get up and she would wash our face. My mom used to put our washcloths in hot water and just like make it warm so we could wake up because we loved a warm, we hated cold, you know, a cold washcloth on our face in the morning. Me and my brother were so school. What a mom, (laughs) what a mom. Oh yeah, she's crazy. She's a great mom. And so she would, she would have it so hot, like almost like at the spa. She would put it on her face and make sure we were good. And then and then she would dress us. My mom dressed me until I was in the fourth grade. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> not because I couldn't. She just preferred me to look a certain way, right? And so it's little things like that that kind of mold and shape your beliefs and your ideas, you know. And so and then the worst part about getting dressed with my mom, my brother would agree, is that she would put oil like because we have black skin, so it's like she would make sure we weren't like ashy or anything like that. And she would just put too much oil on our face. And so we would get out, we would, we would walk out the house, go to school, we'd just be like wiping it off, like just wiping it off. Because <laughs> we didn't want to, we didn't want our faces to be, we didn't understand um, having moisturized skin. We didn't understand the age. But um, but my mom and my dad pretty much shaped and, mold, and molded my beliefs on like just being presentable and presenting yourself in, in, in as you know the best version of you and so when I became you know a singer and all that stuff it was kind of easy for me to morph fashion and, and creating looks for 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 my my following and my supporters because I felt like it's just another way to inspire people it is 
a lot of people look like look down on it like oh he's buying all this designer some of that stuff i don't buy you know they just send it to me now right, right. It's, like my grammy suit don't take a bottom made it for me but i didn't pay for that they just sent it to me and, and that's so good you know you were at the blue it's called the blue jacket fashion show is for a benefit i believe for the prostate research for the cadillac center i mean great cause what was it like doing the runway walk holy smokes yeah, yeah. That, was it nerve-wracking or you had this thing figured out no man it's always nerve-wracking i'm just the most i'm a shy <laughs> individual with an extraordinary opportunity <laughs> to, to be not like i live in fantasy when i'm on stage it's not really who i am <laughs> and so when they told me the uh, tommy hill figure reached out and they wanted to dress me for it and um i loved tommy hill figure forever you know yeah and so um he dressed me and that made me feel a little bit more more comfortable and then i got to the i don't know you know if, if you know who anna winter is from vogue but she pretty much runs Vogue. she's runs fashion you know she's she's amazing and uh she was sitting front row and so i was very nervous and i just walked and i just told myself like look straight ahead just look straight ahead beep, beep, give it you know just give it on it. <laughs> so I'm like, it. Telling, just telling myself all these things. And I had my friends in the front row who loved oh. me and stuff like that. So it, it was a it was definitely the longest walk of my life. <laughs> it felt like an hour. <laughs> but it was so short, but it just felt like a long runway, man. That's so but now I'm ready. I'm ready this year. I'm okay. Well, I'm putting a plug in for myself. You're getting some things shipped to you. I happen to be a 42 as well. So if you get okay, extra, okay. right, yes, just send yes, it my sir. way. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I, I was reading about this and a quote you had is that it was, the question was, how does this fit into faith? How does this fit into your version, not version, how your view and your relationship with God and Jesus? I'm looking at a quote. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm just going to ask it fresh because I'm curious. How does this then fit into your view of God and Jesus and, and yeah, fashion? What did I say? What did I say in the quote? All right. Here's, here's what you said. Look, God is creative. And so, and, and we are too. You also said something like this, you know, when I, my view of Jesus is, is a, is someone who can say, let there be light. And there was light, right? That's, that's this view of God and Jesus as this creative force. So that's what I got. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree. Like, I, I think I agree with myself. No, but, <laughs> no, but I, um, I think, like, you know, Jesus is creative, like, just super creative. And um, he is the creator. He's not creative. He's the creator. And so if, if he can make water stop at sand and not flood us out, you know, yeah. if, he, if he can you know, say, let there be light. And then, you know, boom, there's light from nothing. Then, you know, it's just another avenue for me to be like the creator. I, I love coming up with, you know, different looks, different ideas. And, and also just, you know, first of all, clothing is simply just how you feel that day. It's like people overthink it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, it's too much, you know, it's like, it's just how you feel that day. And I try not to put too much pressure on it and, 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 and make it something that is not, you know, my faith is my faith and fashion is fashion. You know what I mean? And so anything I do is going to be mixed with faith just because it's who I am, you know, as an individual. And so um, it could be cooking. If I wanted to cook, it's like, yeah. I'm 
I'm the worship guy that cooks, you know, whatever the case may be, you know? And so I just say like, it's, it's a part of our DNA to, to, to be creative and to do different things like out of the box. Sometimes it's like Mm -hmm. Christians don't do many things out of the box. And I'm like, we're the most, I feel like we should be the most creative. We should be, you know, the coolest, whatever the case may be. And so, I mean, I don't know. I'm doing my part. Good. Yeah, you are. No, we are. We are here for a reason. We can create. We are creative. And so why not? Why not just be the best version of ourselves? God put us here for a reason. He gave us each one of us talents and skills. And so let's have a good time with that. He made one of us and um, own, own it. Own who you are. And, made one of us. That's so good. Like we all are different. Our DNA. Uh, I found out. Like I think if, if, when we all start when we all start respecting each other as individuals, then we won't. Like I think we won't always look down on like, oh, that person does this, that person does that. It's like, yeah, because I mean, you. They're like, I wouldn't do. It. I'm like, yeah, because you're not even. You're not that person. <laughs> so you know, maybe you wouldn't eat peanuts in your salad. You know what I mean? Like, but someone else is like, I love it. It's like, we all have our own DNA and we're all here to do, you know, individual works, to be honest, you know, and, um, and it's, it can't be copy and paste. And I just did not want, you know, one thing when I was becoming an artist, I was like, I just don't want to be that boring, squeaky clean Christian artist. I want to impact people and, 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 and give, I don't know, like inspiration where there wasn't any, you know what I mean? And I feel like fashion was one of the ways I could, you know, touch my generation, and 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 it and it is, and it's definitely been, it's definitely a, it's been one of those avenues that that's been a blessing to say the least, for sure. Well, you are touching a whole new generation here. Um, you are big into authenticity. You believe that through authenticity, we can kind of bridge this gap, unite. Uh, you unite this world through authenticity on the red carpet. The question was even to you at the Grammys, um, what advice would give your younger self? And you brought up the word uh, authenticity to be even more authentic. So um, tell me more about this, Dante, where does this word come from and how does it play into this world for ourselves and also unite us? Wow. Yeah. I mean, authenticity is just so attractive. People, who you have to see people just try to be somebody try to be someone or try to like you know impress somebody it's just it's just too much you ever been around somebody who's trying to impress you yeah like, well you, you, I, i'm wearing a tie and a shirt for you so maybe maybe you're talking about me i don't know oh, but that's for you because you look great <laughs> <laughs> you look great that's for you we just get to enjoy <laughs> you enjoying yourself there you, go. you know there what i mean it's like I think I think authenticity and and you were in a tie. You didn't try to wear something Dante would wear. Where you didn't try to wear the hoodie and like imagine trying to do that. You know, it's like yeah, I thought about it. So it's like I think I think authenticity is super important because it attracts people to you where they don't feel like it's this. It's just I have to show up. I have to show out. I have to do this. I have to do that. It feels it feels very um it feels very like pressure free we i was just looking at maverick city my my group maverick city and i was just looking at everything we've done i was like scrolling through my phone and i was like wow like you know tony brown told us we we're going to change the world and then we did and you know what i mean we, we are <laughs> but we had to do it how we did it. it it could not have looked how 
we couldn't be Hillsong. You know, we couldn't be Jesus Culture. We couldn't be Bethel. We had to be, you know, these four urban black kids. You know, like we, we had to do it how we how we do it. And it worked because it was authentic, not because we have a formula or we knew who to shake hands with or, you know, we had it calculated. We had no idea. We went viral overnight. And um, mm. and it was just because people are attracted to something that's fresh, new, and, and, and it's innovative. It's wow. like we've never seen it before. So be authentic is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> well, you look, you brought up Maverick City um, uh, and yeah, the, the quote is from you. Uh, these are real people from real a real place or real people from real places. It's really, it's tapping into a, a, a whole new, am I right, Dante? A whole new audience that maybe hasn't really received the, this message or seen this type of music. Um, am I right on that? You're totally right. We, we, you know, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, even in our genre, don't understand it. They're like, "What is, what is this? What are you guys are clothes and shoes, and then it's then you're singing gospel music, and then you're with Justin Bieber, and it's like, Ugh, what is going on? It's just mixing that. You're mixing, the, you know, whatever. But it's it's solely because you know me, Chandler, Naomi, Aaron Moses, Joel. We haven't had easy lives. We haven't, you know, we weren't raised with you know a trust fund. We weren't raised with you know, these ideas and concepts about, you know, spirituality and what to do with it. And, and, and I mean, some of us had hard lives, you know what I mean? Had to come from nothing. Like, you know, Aaron been raised in, in, in the ghetto in, in like this small house. And then now I just got a big house in Georgia, but it's like, it was, his life was pretty much like he had to struggle and yeah. do it on his own. And so in the music and in our voices, it just comes across that way. You can hear the pain. You can hear the sufferings. You can hear our mom's and dad's tears. You know, Naomi Rain had a miscarriage on stage. You know, somebody said, somebody oh said, I, I read a critic. I'd be looking at critics all the time. <laughs> I need to stop. My friends told me stop. But uh, one critic was like, you know, I'm looking at the dude in the back of the church who wants to be a worship leader. But he's looking at all these celebrities. He's like, I don't need to be that. How do I get there? He's like, I want the person that's serving. I want the person that's been through something. Huh. But it was a, it was like a dig at us. Like we're celebrities and we don't lead or like we're leading people straight. But it's like that person doesn't know that Naomi Rain has had a miscarriage on stage while serving her local church before she was famous on Easter. Her and her husband had to deal with that. And, and she was leading, she was singing to Jesus. And had the worst thing that could possibly happen to a woman happen. She was so confused. It, it was heartbreak. But she was serving her church, not getting paid. You know, I've served multiple times. And, you know, just because of my heart. I mean, I, I didn't want anything. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I was going to church because I would go to church. And um, it's like the Lord has, like, elevated us and blessed us with things. And, and I think, like, it's because of our suffering. It's because of our our longevity and 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 you can hear it in the music going back to that you can hear the pain you can hear the suffering and so and so now when we sing sometimes we're not singing from the mountain we're just still singing from where we were i think that's what brings about this new audience because they can feel they can feel the authenticity and the realness and the rawness of what we're singing and it's not all it's not just religion it's like this is like relationship for real 
like it, they can feel that when Chandler sings like, wow, that's a relationship with God. And, and I'm interested in that. You know? Okay. So you've been on tour. What are you feeling and seeing out there with audiences? Because we came through the pandemic, good or bad. I'm just saying, how did the pandemic impact things in your opinion? That's the question. It impacted, it impacted, I think, Christianity, like in, in a major way, as organized Christianity, I think, like going to church was impacted, you know, because then people, you know, during the pandemic, people could just watch online yeah. and have to leave their homes. And I found out, you know, a lot of people thought that was comfortable and a lot of people still watch online. For me, I think touring, I, I had never toured before the pandemic. Wow. So my first tour, my first solo tour was with Working in Country. And and so I got to see for the first time after the pandemic. That was not that was my first experience on tour. Of course. And I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. I lo- loved every minute of it. Um people were super supportive. They 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 showed up, came out, and those boys are like some of the best performers I've ever seen. Yeah. You, did you learn, learn a thing or two? I bet we learned from I've everybody, learned right? So much. I've learned so much from them. And, um, but yeah, dude, like it was, it was, it was still a good time for yeah. sure, but it has impacted the pandemic totally impacted Christianity or like, I guess, like you said, the, like the organization in and of itself, yeah. like, you know, I get it. I, I can feel it in my own life, right? How it changed my behaviors. I, I like to say it did not change my faith. I'd like to say it strengthened my faith, but maybe I'm just telling myself that because it did impact my habits and I need to be honest with myself about, I, need, I guess I just need to check in with that and uh, I won't take this podcast to do it, but this is a good reminder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's good sometimes to change your habits. I think it's okay to like be in that season where you're like, I don't know, like, let me just look at it all. Like, I need, I have a new perspective. So I have to like, you know, move forward accordingly. I think we have to all, you know, take our time with ourselves and not be so in a hurry to be whatever we need to be or to have these amazing habits or to have, it's like, we just have to take our time with ourselves, do it where it sticks and not just wears off. Take your time, like find out who you are what you believe who and, and, and how you want to live your life and, and how you don't want to live your life. It's like, yeah. that stuff is not easy. That's not easy. It's not easy to come to those conclusions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause like that's life changes. And, um, and uh, I don't know how I got on, on that, but it's just, that's just what I was feeling. So. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Hey, you, you, you've done a lot of collaborations um, and now you're doing a lot of solo work as well with some of the collaborations have been with some of the biggest, you know, worship collectives, um, certainly Maverick City, um, Bethel, I'm missing one here. Oh, Elevation, Elevation. Worship, right, Elevation Worship. Uh, what is the, it, it seems to me that that would be really tricky to be able to be a solo artist, to go out on your own, but then come back into the, into the, into the collaborative space. How difficult is it? How do all of these personalities come together and still have this creative process that, changes people's lives, changes, changes the world. How do you guys do it? For, for me, balancing the solo and the, and the collaborations, it's, let me tell you, let me be honest. It's a lot of no. Mm. Um, yeah. Just, I can't come. I can't do that. I have to sacrifice. Like I, I could have performed on the Grammys with my friends, Maverick, and I wanted to, but I felt like I was there for another reason. And so I was like, 
no guys like i'll sit this one out and then i'll um you know we'll recap later we're like we're we're close friends like it's not even that big of a deal you know they're like okay you know yeah. i'm like but i was there i think i wanted to i wanted to walk the carpet alone i've done you know my grandfather you know his fruit with joyful was nominated voice of god was nominated you know all these songs and that that had everything to do with him and so i felt like i wanted to honor that and like stand on the carpet alone like um and uh, do interviews and do all that stuff. But I think it's all a conscious decision when you're balancing solo and, and, and group, you just have to be in tune and know when to do the collabs and when to honor what God has in your life. And so I have a good team. We all, we all brainstorm because we get collaboration offers every day. Oh, I bet. So, and so we choose what season we want to do that. Do we want to, because you have to dedicate. I mean, when we worked on old church basement, you have to dedicate a little season of your life to such a, it's such a great body of work. That it is. It's just is. like, you can't come in a day and like leave. <laughs> so we were, there, we, were, we were at Elevation for two weeks, you know, riding. And then we were there for another week, just recording. And, yeah. and then we had to go and do overdubs. And it, it's, you have to, and then when the songs and the album comes out, you got to tour it. So we went on tour. You got to do the the red carpets and all this stuff. So you have to dedicate when you decide to collab. You have to dedicate a season of your life to that collab. But there'll be times where I'm doing um, Maverick, and then there'll be times where I'm um, doing Dante Bow. But it's easy to collab with them because we're all friends. We've been friends before before any of this. Well, that's a good story, though. I commend you, Dante, for having those. Uh, what I call these boundaries, um, and especially to honor your grandfather. I think we can all learn from that, everyone. We all have a lot of demands on our time, and where do we sure. spend that time? And if we, when we can set boundaries, and that's not a bad thing. These are healthy ways to keep you mentally sharp. Where are you putting your time? Does your, your activities match with your values? Um, am I close, Dante? You're totally right. I mean, Especially in, in the entertainment industry, if you don't have boundaries, you're just used. You just use and use and use and use and recycle and recycle. So you have to be able to. That's why I'm off for. I've been off for almost two months because just I don't. It's not because I can't travel. It's just I'm like I think I need to sit down for a little while, and then <laughs> then in October when I start my tour, I'm like then I'll be back to feeling fresh and new, like it'll be exciting again. But it's like you can't let money or, or opportunity you know, uh, rule your decision making and rule your life and, um, and the things you do. It's like, you have to think about what's best for everybody. Like what's better. I'm like, the Grammys would have been great, like performing on them, but I'm like, this is also great. So I'm going to choose this. You know what I mean? And, and it's, you know, it's well different, but yeah. Well done. Hey, how should we best follow you, Dante? You're doing a lot of cool things with Maverick City and uh, solo work. How should we best follow you and everything going on? Dante Bo, everything. Social media handles are all Dante Bo. And then my website is, you know, DanteBo.com and, and um, Maverick City. It's, it's Maverick City Music, I think, everywhere. Okay. And, um, and yeah, man, that's how, that's how you can follow me. Dante, what what uh, what projects are you working on right now that's bringing a lot of joy and purpose? What's what's coming up that that we should know about? Well, for for starters, I mean, my tour is coming up. We're going to all the major cities and stuff like that, so I'm really really excited. Yeah, we've been working so hard, like on just the staging and plots and 
how what do we want to communicate? How do we want to communicate it? And that's the fun part for me. So I, it's bringing me a lot of joy. Oh, the creative process has to just be fun, right? Everything's so like, fun. oh, wow. And it's really fun when you see, you know, the team come back with it finished and you show up and you're like, oh, wow, this is what was in my head. That's <laughs> you know? so good. That's yeah. so good. Give us, give us your I dare you challenge for those that are thinking about making a big change in their life or taking some steps, maybe outside of their comfort zone. What is your I dare you challenge to everyone listening? Hmm. That's so good. Okay. <laughs> this is something that I've learned to do in the last two years, but, uh, I say, uh, okay, this might be cheesy, but whatever. I dare you, I dare you to love, I love that person or someone that's hard to, that's hard to love. The person that gives you the most, you know, anxiety, the person that, that, that takes you through the most trauma, whatever the case may be. I dare you to love unapologetically the person that's hard to love and, and it's going to change your life. <laughs> I think it's a great challenge. I, I uh, thank you, Dante, for that. And I want to thank you also, speaking of boundaries and the season that you're in and how, how much you're, you're doing, you spent some time with us on the I Dare You podcast. And I just, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you doing so. You gave us a lot of great insights. And it's fun to see how you're living your life and, living and bringing your faith into your life. So thanks for, thanks for being on the show, Dante. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. Well, that's Dante Bo, and what a fun interview. What He is doing so many great things in his life, and really an inspiring story. And I love his challenge for all of us about how we can love someone who is maybe a little bit tough to love. <laughs> and come to think of it, that might be me in some cases. So I think it's a great, a great challenge we can really embrace. And what else did you learn from Dante? He gave us a lot of great insights. Uh, for me, I'm, I'm really hanging on to the discussion about how there's only one us, and we can be creative. We can be that type of individual who uses every talent we've been given and don't leave anything behind, but give it all we got. And that perhaps is the best thing we can do as a way to say thank you for the gifts we've been given. So now, Dante Bo, follow him on Instagram. He's got a brand new tour coming up. If you're in those areas, you got to go see him. He's, <laughs> he's amazing. Also, follow me on Instagram at Darren Johnson one and the I Dare You podcast at I Dare You Pod. Leave a review of this podcast. I would so appreciate it. And now that you've listened to Dante, who are you thinking about? Family, friends, kids. Who needs to hear this message from Dante and his perspective? Forward that to others right now. At least two people, maybe more. You make that call. So thank you again for tuning in to episode 33. I know you've got a lot of choices in podcasts. I just want you to know how much I appreciate you tuning in and for being here and participating in this community. And get ready for episode 34. We're working on it right now. I think you're going to like it. I'll see you right back here next week. I'll see you then.